Now is your time to flinch. What up, everybody, and welcome back to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. Of course, I'm the moderator, B. Jones, and it feels great to be back in the saddle. If you've been following us, we started doing introductory podcasts for some of the, for the Fledgeology team members. And last show, Carol, you know, jumped in my seat, asked me a few questions. Did a pretty good job with it. Um, you got hey, to see a little bit. A little bit of the dynamic between me and him, you know, a couple of quips here and there, a couple of subtle jabs or whatnot. But it's all good, man. I hope you have a little bit better, I guess, understanding or just a little bit more knowledge about the the moderator, me, B. Jones. So we're going to continue with that today and bring it to the mic. El Fresh Adente himself. Yes, fresh sir. Popular demand. What we came up with the other day? What was it? Chic Fresh? We got the yeah the chic fresh and we have uh dope beer fresh. Dope beer Those have fresh. been added to the alias list. I have a long list of aliases. Long uh, list of aliases. But the I tend to, to definitely get those uh, often in my journeys uh, throughout life. I have many, 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 many names I've been known as. Some good, some bad. Some good, some bad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for those who haven't been following the 13th floor in the Fledge cast, this is Ian, government Ian Adams. But to everybody, Fledgeology related and to all of you out there, he is DJ Barry B. Fresh, the freshest DJ on the planet. Welcome to the show, sir. Yes, uh, yes uh, I am here live and yeah. direct. Yeah, man. So we're going to get in today. You know, the show is How Fresh is Fresh. So we're going to jump right into it, man. What's going on? Give us a little bit of background, where you from, where you started. And we're going to just take off from there. Uh, s- similar to yourself, well, you know, I, I'm an Army brat, too. I was uh, surprised to find out that you guys were stationed in uh, Anchorage because I actually spent 10 years of my youth uh, after being born in Indiana. We moved to Fairbanks, Alaska because my dad was in the Army. And uh, I was there for 10 years until 12 when we moved down to um, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio really Shaker Heights shout out shout out to Shaker Heights um and then from Shaker Heights uh 96 oh man in 96 we moved down to Cooper City Florida uh real culture shock but you can see throughout my life I tried to do my best to run as far away as I could from the cold and I really feel good that I've succeeded in making sure that I've kind of planted myself in an area that cold is not a uh, uh, a normal uh, occurrence, I guess, at the end of the day. All right, and so now you're down in Florida. You know, you say Boynton Beach, yeah? Yes, sir. We are Boynton Beach dwellers now. You know, uh, like many of my fledged mates, I'm a prestigious member of the University of Miami alumni. Shout out to Kane, baby. All about the U. You better know it. Kane's over here all day, every day. But uh, yeah, um, have have come to to settle down in Boynton Beach with my my uh, lady and, and our daughter. Okay, okay. Um, how old is your daughter? She is uh, ten, going on thirty-seven, probably. <laughs> it's amazing how that happens, man. It's crazy, man. I didn't realize we had so much in common, man. Going from the military to being in Alaska, I gotta. I have a daughter myself. She's seven, going on about twenty-five, man. And it's amazing yes, watching sir. that attitude because, like, I feel like process just from like Thanksgiving to now. I feel like she first of all grew like three inches out of nowhere, <laughs> and I feel like the attitude came with it to Matt. So like, she got this. Oh, trust. Rock. And you know this air and it's just like a seven-year-old kind of growing in 
you know, to what what they're going to be. So I'm just getting glimpses of what I guess I have to look forward to. In oh the man, all you can do is buckle up and uh, yeah, man, it's it's an interesting ride. I I love my daughter to death, um, but it's always so amazing watching her grow and and get into the things that she likes. And I love like sitting back and watching her interact with her friends so you know being able to take her to like one of her friends birthday parties and seeing all the girls come running oh my god taylor's here and, and doing that stuff that's the stuff that really gets me and, and it makes me feel warm and fuzzy you know yes i could definitely identify with that um backing up a little bit so i want to talk about the military a little bit because we got my spiel on how it felt to be a military brat and moving you know from place to place for me it was every three years it was like you got to stay in alaska for about 10 so so how was growing up as a military kid for you uh for me that's what's funny it wasn't um i didn't move as frequently as most military kids however growing up in alaska i definitely had a different um i didn't i didn't know as many you know like city black people right. and and really you know it's a, it's a different mind state up there it's a different lifestyle it's a different culture and so uh my, my father is is like uh you know granted he had uh graduated from um purdue him that's where he, him and my mother met uh by the time he went into the military and got us up there but this is this guy is a, an ex you know gang leader from gary indiana and wow. I don't know if any of you guys know about Gary, Indiana, but that is like, uh, A, it's where Michael Jackson and the Jacksons are from, but B is one of the most rough areas in America, you know, historically, repetitively, over and over again. And my dad, you know, was a product of that environment. And it's funny because I didn't even know that information until I was probably like 30 years old. Really? And and never yeah I never <laughs> knew my brother knew but the period in my life uh well I guess in my family's you know life as far as my brother being born and then me being born and us moving up to Alaska uh you know there was a lot of my my older brother my only brother is like my dad's son in the sense of like my dad really had him a lot and was taking him around teaching him like you know. Hey man, you don't let nobody, you know, do no job turkey stuff to you because you know this back like you know late seventies, early eighties. So you know he's he's making sure my brother is on point with things like that. And when I came along, I wanted to be more my mom's son. And so I uh, I can't believe I'm telling this on air, but we actually used to have groups in our family where my brother and my uh, father were the <laughs> they were the turtle heads, and me and my mom were the sweetum rolls. And so we oh, have, like, ahead, you know, when stuff that. was going down in the house, exactly. <laughs> the turtle heads were my brother and my father, both uh, Davids. Uh, so we have David Adams Sr. and David Adams Jr. And then we had me and my mother. Uh, my mom's name is Kim. And so it was me and, and me and my mother were the Sweden rolls. And my brother, which we called him Mooch back then, we uh, he was a turtle head with my father. So a lot of times in the house, I would be the, uh, and I actually use it as what I, I, I called in my youth the reason I used to get um, became fat and lazy really at the end of the day was because I, I would cop out and be able to go and hang out with my mom and she would make food and cook or we would do lazy stuff watching TV instead of my dad is like a psychopath warrior who's like oh we're gonna go run out to the mountains and like you know go do some crazy stuff where I always used to be able to kind of lean on 
let me go ahead and just uh, hang out and be a super boy. I can even remember when young in Alaska, I used to tell everybody my favorite sport was soccer just because nobody played soccer. And I knew that meant I wouldn't have to play. <laughs> that's, how, that's how lazy I was. Real talk, real talk. So that's, that's pretty cool, man. Because, I mean, I, if you've listened to some of the podcasts that we've put up, you know, Fresh has always kind of labeled himself or lived his life as being different from the crowd. So that's just an early early example of you know him stepping into that role so that's pretty cool man so you you a mama's boy basically I, I am but I'm not it's 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 funny uh I guess over time I've uh I don't even know the best way to 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 say I I, I love my mom to death will do anything for her but at the same time I have been um my family created me and my me and my brother kind of talk about this all the time to be very um independent almost in the sense of like our job is to make sure our family like my wife my child are good and that you know we have things going on we need to make sure that we are moving here and it's because growing up we were never around like our extended family we would go visit you know here maybe there where we go visit but we didn't have like that base i'm sure you know the same thing where it's of, of yeah you know everybody comes to this house on you know holidays and you know we always know each other and what's going on and all that we, we didn't have all of that so it's i love my mom but we are definitely all of our me my 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 family my brother's family my, my dad and um and his his uh girlfriend up in uh, michigan and then my mom here in florida it's we all have love and 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 We'll do anything for each other, but we all kind of have that. We need to make sure our immediate uh, circle is what is our true focus and making sure that nothing can uh, break down your your kingdom. Right, right. Good stuff, man. So you say y'all ended up or you ended up in Cooper City? Cooper City. So that's where you did like high school and all that good stuff at? Yep. Cooper yeah. City, Florida. Well, before that was Shaker Heights, and I definitely got to make sure I shout out Shaker Heights. I did a lot of growing up in Shaker Heights. Um, when we moved down, I thought uh, coming from Alaska to uh, Ohio, I just thought that I was going to. I had no clue what was going on. I, but I, I mean, in Alaska, I was I was the man. My mom, we used to do ever since I was six years old. I've been dancing and doing fashion shows. My mom used to lead fashion shows. My brother was like a basketball superstar my dad was doing stuff that i felt like we were like you know the governors of of alaska so leaving was just like what (laughs) what what do you mean what are we gonna do what this doesn't make sense and you know cried all didn't want to do it but sure enough within you know once i moved down to ohio uh going to school there middle school to my freshman year of high school uh definitely had you know some great times met some great people a couple of them i still you know stay in contact with through facebook here and there but uh then the journey definitely took us down to cooper city florida uh that was another shock because i'd spent four years in ohio and thought that again oh man we're here i'm, I'm the man again i actually got friends i'm cool i'm I'm, you know, dancing. I just got into high school. My brother was a senior in high school, so I had a cool senior brother while I was a freshman that could kind of, you know, make sure that I didn't get, you know, my butt whipped too much. But it was, you know, I still got the broke show, so it was real dope. And then the next thing I know, boom, psych, we about to move again. Same situation. Oh man, I thought it was 
made it here. I should deal with it. Uh, come down here um, and met one of my, like, I call him my other brother, uh, Sam Weiner. Uh, the first day of uh, high school, and me and him have been, you know, best friends ever since. And I mean, it definitely, uh, while it was, uh, of course, a huge change, you know, when you're making that that uh, travel change, but it has definitely helped shape and mold me into the, the entrepreneur that I am today. Right, and we're gonna hit on that a little bit, uh, a little bit later. I'm interested in the culture. Uh, how you, how you transition from state to state culture to culture because for me you know I went from I went all around went from Virginia to Florida back and forth and whatnot and you know the cultures are completely different so how was that transition from I guess Ohio to you know that down south Florida culture because I mean I would have never known you came from Ohio just because you've been down there for so long you it, it seems so ingrained in you at this point it, it's funny because um I'm one of those those I'm one of those black guys who gets told all the time that I talk white. But <laughs> at the end of the day, when people are, they, they're more amazed because I'm, I'm a very outgoing guy. I, um, I I enjoy having a good time. I'm the person who could, uh, I'm the class clown who would still get good grades, but could do something extremely disruptive in class and, and not get sent to the principal's office. You know, and it'd be like, you know, I, I, would, I would often have my teachers cracking up on doing stuff in the middle of class when it probably wasn't the best time to be making a joke or pointing something out but it was i'm just that type of spirit i enjoy having a good time i i tell people you know it's my biggest asset and my biggest um default is is uh i don't want to say default but my biggest like demise my the the it goes back and forth is my passion mm -hmm. that i can i can be very passionate about things and that's something that can be a turn on or turn off very immediately for people. You know, people will see me and think that I'm, you know, oh man, he's so loud or he's so this or that. I can't believe he would talk to you like like he said something very slick to you. How would he talk to you like that? But it's, it, do you realize Ian just helped me, you know, build the back patio of my porch, you know, when nobody else would come over here. Yeah, he was cussing me out and talking crap the whole time he was doing it, but nobody else would come over and do it at all. So you know what, I'll take the, the 30 minutes of laughing and hearing him make jokes about random crap in order to make sure that I accomplish the goal. And I think that's one of the things I love the most about you is that energy. And even though, yeah, like you said, we out here building this friends and I'm going to let you know about it, but we're going to have a good time while we're doing it, man. I think you bring, that's one of the biggest things you bring to the table. Um, moving on down the timeline. So Cooper City, you ended up at the U. How, how did that, how did, how was that time there? You know, what was your experience like at the University of Miami? Um, nothing short of amazing. I think uh, probably 90% of people who actually go to college would, would say, you know, looking back, those were some of the best years of their life. And and really um, also look at it as, man, I wish I would have see, seized a lot more of those opportunities. I really wish I would have taken a hold of a lot more of the, the things I had um, really laid out for me that I just kind of disregarded. Uh, going back in, in um, so from Alaska, we got pushed down to Ohio because my mom and dad both got master's degrees and decided that, uh, well, my mom decided that she wanted to become a lawyer, so she wanted to go to law school. We had a choice of going to um, California or down to uh, Ohio, Ohio one. Obviously, she went to Case Western Law School. After graduating, came down here because we wanted to meet the cold. Uh, so 
in that in uh after becoming a lawyer she was a state attorney down here really hated it couldn't stand it and my chance wound up getting a position as um the dean of students at the university of miami this was when i was a sophomore junior in high school and so that's what was the i personally i've um and being outgoing, it, it's odd because when we first came down here, I was supposed to go to a um, art school, but then I wound up going to Cooper City School, Cooper City High School. And it was more me being an idiot at a young age of not understanding and feeling like, oh man, I'm gonna go to art school, I'm gonna become a nerd, and ain't nobody wanna go to mess with me. And not knowing like, man, Tupac went to art school. Well, we'll go, to, go, to, go to art school, like, what are you stupid? And from that, I went to just regular you know, high school. Uh, but when I was ready to graduate, all I wanted to do was go to California and roll the dice. Y'all going out there, I'm going to become famous. I don't care what nobody says. I'm going to go figure out something. I just want to go out to California. I'm going to be gone. My mom and dad are like, look, you have this amazing education at this amazing university that you can get at an amazing price. <laughs> Guess what? You to take your amazing self and be sitting over here. Hey man, Just I, figure it out. I don't know if I could disagree with that, man, because, you know, when you're talking about a discount, a nice discount, faculty discount off a 35 grand a year. Mm, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, I couldn't, of course, I couldn't say no. I, um... I, I I jumped in and wholeheartedly, and really I, when they told me that, I said, okay, I took the SAT, I sent my scores to one school, I said, uh, you know, everything to one school, and was like, if that's what it's going to be, mom, then you're, you better work the magic, because this is, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not applying nowhere else, I applied to zero other schools, I didn't ask nobody else for nothing, I didn't do nothing, and, and high school i didn't play any sports or anything like that but i um when i grade jv i was you know the dude all you know jv basketball we was out here you know <laughs> <laughs> what was your what was your average man you was getting like 20 and 10 what, what we looking at <laughs> maybe maybe 20 to 10 seconds of playing time <laughs> that's what i'm averaging averaging about 20 to 10 seconds of playing time um but uh, man, I did a little, uh, a little bit of every sport you know, when I was younger because my dad was very. I, I used to wrestle. I played football. I've done all of it. I just wasn't good enough to. I'm good enough to be an intramural. I'm a uh, Miami Hurricane intramural, intramural champion. You better believe it. Flag football, basketball, a couple of them. You know what I mean? But you no, know, we never had enough to take it to the collegiate level. I got you. I got you. So, what did you? What was your major to you? Marketing. All right, so you got marketing. When did the DJ come into play? You know, uh, like I said, I've been dancing all my life, literally since I was six years old. I've been on stages performing. Um, something that is always carried throughout everywhere that I went, I wound up, you know, in Ohio, I was dancing at the school, you know, the, the school hip hop dance team came to uh down here and the same thing same thing at uh university of miami i was you know a member and then the president of chaos for many years uh which is you know again the hip-hop dance team uh funded by the university of miami so in doing that i uh have always just 
you know, been involved in music. Probably one of my, my proudest moments ever was I gained some weight right after uh, probably like my junior year, uh, maybe junior, senior year of school. And um, all of uh, Chaos, the dance team, we decided we were going to go. This is back when the, uh, the Miami Soul, the WNBA team, had just decided to have a franchise down here in Miami. So they had openings up, openings, uh, auditions, excuse me, for the dance team. And uh, we all go to the, to the audition. So it's me, you know, I got like three dancer body females with me. And I got, you know, another uh, friend who, another dancing uh, dude who, you know, dancer body and then me, you know, I was overweight at the time, but we're all walking down the aisle to go onto the uh, arena floor in order to kind of warm up before they have the tryouts. And we're walking down all of a sudden, I hear somebody, hey, hey, hey. I turn around like, you talking to me? Security guy. It's like, hey man, hey, the dancers can go down there, but all the um, all the other, you know, if you're just gonna watch, you have to go into the into the stands. You can't go down onto the stage, onto the uh, floor, if you're not uh, trying out. And I looked at him like, what do you mean I'm auditioning? And this guy laughed in my face, like, I mean, a wholehearted laugh. <laughs> really? You, you, okay, whatever. All right, my bad. Go ahead, dude. Go down there and, um, of course, you know, have the tryouts. Do what we do. I do what I do. Leaving out the um, arena, and all of a sudden, I hear a scream. The scream again sounds from me. Hey, hey, hey! Turn back around. It's the same dude, and he's just like, "Man, I want to apologize to you, bro." He's like, I'm not gonna lie, you killed it. Like, I ain't never seen nobody move like that, especially for your son. Like, yo, man, I apologize, dog. You killed that stuff. I hope that I, that I see you out there during the season. And so that was one of the moments in my life where it's like, yo, if you put your all into whatever you do and, and really understand, man, it doesn't matter. I could have easily let that crumble me and, and, and had the worst audition ever. Kind of like you do when somebody tells me, oh, can't do that especially not the way that you look really okay bet let's go let me show you then. so that from that uh always having that that music dancer base uh you know over time in high school i was uh, a dancer for a couple djs one of my um the the assistant coach of my wife of my jv basketball team was a dj uh cornball dj but I used to go and dance for him. <laughs> um, and then in the college, I got with uh, my DJ mentor, Sage, and really started helping him, uh, you know, just being the record dude, carrying stuff around and seeing what he did. And the maturation of going from, you know, uh, using records to using CDs, but then having um, uh, now everything's digital and still being able to have that record feel. But don't have to carry around 8,000 records that that kind of allowed me to wow I have a large uh, a large uh, listing of, of different songs and you know I have all types of albums of music wow I can actually start to use this and, and start to you know be able to, to play around around from there my um, brother-in-law about four years ago he wanted to buy a DJ set and started doing some parties I started playing around with it at his house and um, he eventually was like, man, you want to come out and do some of these parties to make some of this money? And I'm not one to turn down many dollars. So I went ahead and was like, yo, let's bust a move. The rest is history. OK, 
Okay, cool, man. So when you was doing your DJ apprenticeship thing, were you, would you say it gave you like the old school way of doing stuff and you kind of grew up in that in-between area as far as DJs when it, it transferred from being the records going into the digital age where now everybody can be a YouTube DJ or, you know, they got apps where you can just upload playlists, you can scratch and mix all, all on your phone or whatnot. Do you feel that there's like, I guess, a, a lack of something for the craft or do you just think that's just the maturation of the times? It is what it is. I think um, anything's what you make of it. You can give a thousand different DJs, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, a playlist of a hundred songs, and you're going to get a thousand different ways that that playlist is going to get spun and what's going to happen in and out of it. And I think that I know there are plenty of old heads who would look at me and be disappointed in things that I do, but. I am based off of how I learn. I learn through a program that is a digital program. And I am, while I still am in awe and work hard to uh, implement, you know, those foundational, you know, DJ tools in my arsenal, I still take advantage of being able to understand technology and, and use it to my advantage in order to make something that sonically is, is, is awesome. Always my goal when I um when I first got into to deciding okay you know what I'm gonna DJ my first DJ name was Maverick Malone it's gonna be DJ Maverick Malone <laughs> why I don't know but <laughs> then uh, we started getting like it in, in thinking about it you know Maverick Malone it, it, I, don't, I really I really can't remember what had me on Maverick Malone um I'm mostly trying to like that. I was off my rocker back then. But anyway, I always, when uh, somebody asked me, well, what do you want? Like, what do you want your mix to be? I was like, man, I just want it to be fresh. And then I was just like, wow, that's really all it is. is I just want stuff to be fresh. Like, I just want anything to just be fresh. I just want it to be fresh. I was like, oh, snap, be fresh, very fresh. Oh, oh, I'm going to be very fresh. So it was very be fresh because very, very been fresh because the B is for bit. And from there, it was just, you know what? I want to make sure that I keep a vibe when I do stuff. I don't, um, my mentor, I don't, I, while I get pieces from him, I don't, like, you can listen to his mixtape and listen to my mixtape. It's going to sound totally different. You know, that's the way it's supposed to be for DJs. But at the same time, like I said, I utilize things different. I don't, I don't necessarily always worry about somebody completely finishing out their verse before I'm mixing in some new stuff and trying to create something different. But I think that's the beauty of, you know, just like in production and in dancing and, and you know, a lot of artistic things that you do when you um, can, can you know, have a, a bit of a base to have a, you know, a, a understanding of how to utilize a tool when you're not so rooted in in that base that you get scared of experimentation and that's like the biggest thing when we like i i play around with my my dj set and, and try to make remixes and do different things that it's like well this is just stuff that i, I heard this beat that was amazing and i have these acapellas that are awesome let me figure out how do i mesh these together this is something that I haven't seen or heard, you know, other people, other DJs doing. I might go out and I haven't heard nobody playing this. And when I started to realize, man, I'd rather listen to my mixtape or my my stuff than listen to whoever, uh, out of the, you know, whatever party. I was like, you know what, man? 
well, maybe I need to put two and two together. I feel you. I feel you. That's good stuff. So switching directions a little bit. So you say you graduated with the marketing degree. What are you doing with that? Uh, well, okay. So graduating with a marketing degree, I actually got into um, uh, similar to to many people who graduate wound up having a job that had absolutely zero. Well, I, I won't say zero because I was the head marketing um, executive of video games and operations for um, uh, GameWorks. So pretty much I walked around and cleaned up games and made sure. <laughs> <laughs> he sold the mess out of that one, boy. I'm trying to tell you, I'm like head marketing for the game. Like, what are you what traveling for the, like the new Modern Warfare or something? Like, what are you, man, this dude in here dusting off the games in the exactly. storefront. <laughs> Uh, um, during and, and back then I was really just a front host. I was uh, the one selling you the game card, and then I graduated to where they eventually, uh, from my personality, realized how awesome I'd be being the person who walks around on Friday and Saturday nights, getting people to play games, giving out cards, handing out you know prizes and stuff like that. But from there, I um, worked in 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 help. Um, many people in uh, at the University of Miami are familiar with House of Wings. And so I was a part of the uh, initial launch of the House of Wings brand. Oh, so that's where we first met. Yep, exactly. exactly. That's what will make you, yes, that will bring it all together. For hey, you. the one in the Grove. Yes, sir. That was me. Oh, that was man. Exactly. Many people know me exactly as the dude who used to slay the chicken wings Yo, in the Grove. Ian used to be What's in that joint slanging them wings. I'm talking about flipping, like... Yo, Ian be that joint doing work. Register, frying, saucing, yep. register, Every, and everybody was in that, and everybody was in that joint having a good time. Like he's talking to time, people. Music going, people talking, chatting. I'm working the front, back, side to side by myself, but getting it done. Um, yeah, man, that was one of the hardest, but one of the funnest times of my life. Uh, you know, working at House Wings and really working with. Um, Musa D. Muhammad and, and the whole, you know, headliners brand, their amazing dudes and really having that opportunity helped. There are lessons that I learned there that I still, you know, utilize and, and have in my head on a daily basis. Okay, okay hold up. Stop right there. Let me get one. Just one. Um, this thing ain't got no brain. This is a direct quote from from uh, Musa Deep where the situation was uh, we on the, the locks on the door if you remember at House of Wings there were these big uh, huge doors that had these like very old you know like historic locks on them they weren't the typical go buy at uh, Home Depot type locks something that happened where the lock wasn't shutting right whatever so he tasked me with you know fixing the lock I tried to change the thing out I couldn't get it to work blah 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 I've been messing with it for you know 30 minutes an hour and Musti comes walking in the door and is just like, hey, you know what's going on with the lock? Oh man, I can't get it. He just looks at me. This thing ain't got no brain. I look at him kind of confused, like, what? I said, this thing, this this lock, it ain't got no brain. You have a brain. You should be able to figure out anything. Anything that doesn't have a brain should not be able to beat you. From that moment on. I took it. I, I accepted that challenge of realizing, you know what? Exact things, things can't beat you if you have a brain. You have the ability to figure anything out. It might take you some time. It might, you know, there might be some different angles you have to go at it with. But by that simple, this ain't got no brain. 
I hear that daily. You know, it, it resonates <laughs> in my head daily just because of, of I, I all the time. I tell it to my daughter too. Like, stop telling me about trivial things that you have are intelligent. You have a device that is better than any computer ever created that allows you to do anything that you want to. It may take some, you know, deep diving into yourself, but you still have that device. Quit selling yourself short. So after um, after House of Wings, I became a substitute teacher for some time because um, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, led myself into radio sales. Radio sales, I got into um, learning more about digital marketing and, and the different opportunities and what they have going on there and was um, recruited by a company called Reach Local. They're actually one of the largest uh, resellers of AdWords uh, and different uh, online marketing uh, avenues. But from there, after getting recruited by them, I actually uh, wound up my my manager at the time, who's now my partner in uh, our our firm. We uh, started the the Reach Local down here in South Florida. It was really successful and wound up where we didn't feel that the company was living up to the expectations that they had to send out to the clients. Um, from there, we kind of decided that it would be a better venture for us to go ahead and create our own opportunity that would allow us to truly know that we are going to be able to fulfill what we're um, discussing with clients as opposed to you know, being told one thing and then not being able to fulfill and being left as the, the client facing person who has to have the egg on their face and has to deal with that angry client. Having that happen over and over again, it got tiring and we said, you know, there's a better way. So that led us to start Acuitive Digital, which is um, our strategic digital advertising agency. Uh, we work with everything from small, you know, your mom or pop restaurant, um, as far as helping them with uh, branding, logos, uh, website, whatever else they may need, but then also to larger enterprise clients where we're talking, um, you know, hospital systems, newspapers, media companies, and really helping them figure out how to navigate the, the, excuse me, how to navigate the digital landscape, or really help companies take their offline success and transfer it to success online. And how long have you been doing this with Acuta? Our agency has been in business for six years now. Six years, so within that six years, being an entrepreneur and that's one of the things that you also bring to the table as far as when we're speaking, you know, with Fledgeology on the 13th floor. What do you think, I guess one thing that you would give to or leave with like aspiring entrepreneurs about like maybe pitfalls, successes, anything to kind of keep them, you know, motivated to get to that, get get to that their goal as far as being an entrepreneur? Because, I mean, you have a lot of experience um, with it. To, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Nike guy just do it like i think that we as people period are um very timid and very scared to ask for first off but then actually go get what we feel we want and more importantly what we deserve and a lot of people sit stagnant 
simply because they do not ask, because they do not take that step, because they do not approach it. There's a lot of things that you can have, uh, receive, get accomplished, get done if you take the initiative to ask for them. And some of the times the asking is just as simple as asking the universe to yourself, speaking it into, you know, uh, uh, abundance, you know, being able to say that you are going to do this, speaking it out loud, not in your head, but letting it be something that, that resonates with your universe and everyone's universe that allows it to, to be out there is what allows you to start moving in that direction. Easy, easy. So f- straight from the horse's mouth, a successful entrepreneur right there so you know just do it as he said fast forward to fledgeology how did you get involved with fledgeology um at the university of miami i met uh you know our prolific orator carol and had the uh what and he actually knew my mom before he knew me so my mom actually tasked him secretly me finding out later on as you know being my big brother on campus to kind of make sure that he watched out for it. But we instantly clicked. He's, he's always been um, a source of light and inspiration for me and a person who I could look to to ask real advice. But at the same time, you know, I've been his little brother, you know, there's been times where he's, you know, had to put me in line, but he, he there's also times when it's like, he, he looks at me in awe and amazement of what I've been able to do. And in some situations when it's been um, against the advice that you may have set out. But I think that's what makes um, our relationship awesome. But then also the, the dynamic that brought me into taking a more active, uh, well, to, to be in fledgeology and, and to be a part of it is just simply, you know, uh, he felt my spirit when we all had, uh, we have a, a group of friends called the Players Oasis from the University of Miami. Shout out Players Oasis. <laughs> But um, that we reconnected a couple years ago uh, through one of our friends' weddings. In the reconnection, we started to kind of realize, you know what, we want to, it's better to make money with, with your friends than it is to make money with anybody else. So we started saying, well, how can we, you know, how can we do this? And so we started with a group of all of us on the phones and calls, similar like we're doing the hangouts. And then all of a sudden, you know, people start dropping off and stuff starts getting serious. And, and we really start trying to weed out. Well, what, what are we doing? What are we gonna do? What, what are we talking about? I don't, I don't feel like talking to y'all every week. I don't want to see y'all. And so people start falling out. And next thing we got down to this group where Carol, it was, what are people doing that we can figure out? How, how can we help each other do whatever the hell we want to do outside of you Hey, I can't help Carol at CarMax, but he was like, you know what? I, I really want to get my motivational, inspirational speaking company off the ground. I want to be able to do this. I feel like it's something that, you know, my grandma, like he always says, my grandma told me I could do this, that he was very passionate about it. And, and being that I am a serial entrepreneur, taking the opportunity to um, help, you know, many people start all types of businesses. And I've seen how all types of businesses are ran. I jumped on the opportunity, Yo, whatever we need to do, let's make it happen. Let's start, let's start figuring it out. And that was just the nucleus of everything exploding to what it has become. I would have never looked back there two years ago and thought that we would have a podcast and that I'd be sitting here, you know, giving my life story to America, the people out here in the world. But, you know, it's, it's amazing and awesome. And I love, I love this. I love the, um, I guess the one thing I missed as an entrepreneur is uh, 
it's the camaraderie of having a real, you know, having my, my people around. When you are an entrepreneur, sometimes you don't get to have the cooler talk of corporate America people. So I, I used to always butt heads with my wife simply because she was, when she was in corporate America, she has her 13th, I call them 13th grade friends. So your, your friends after school, your work friends and all that other stuff, you still get to feel like you're in population and you you know what I mean? Stuff's going on. When you're an entrepreneur, it's it's this, it's the four walls that are around you a lot of the times, it's you in your car, it's you getting yelled at by your spouse because you don't, you know, are not relating to, you know, everything else. I don't care about love and hip hop right now. I'm trying to figure out how to make, you know, this check not bounce. You know what I mean? That it's 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 all of this going on that it really changes your view and perspective and understanding of man, I, I enjoy and value my my friendships, but I want to empower everybody who I have that feeling with and have them, you know, feel the same energy that I feel when I'm able to know that, hey, vacation is when I want it. And I honestly feel like my whole life is a vacation. I recently was just supposed to go to Denver um, last week. Flight got canceled literally on my way to the airport and I didn't care. Like, it was like, I care because, yeah, I did want to go, but it wasn't as heartbreaking as most people who man i waited all year for this vacation and now the vacation can't go what i'm gonna do me me and my wife look at each other like oh that kind of sucks all right let's go and have an amazing dinner at the hard ride let's go do some stuff let's have a good weekend doesn't matter we're still gonna get to be there within the next couple months i'm not gonna sit here and trip it to me it's more my um i look at it more of I tell the universe all the time, I hate the cold. So all the universe was doing was saying, bro, it's really cold out there right now. You don't need to get on my I'm going to just hook you up. I know you were trying to, you know, do this cool, quick little, you know, jump out trip, but let's kick back to reality. Here's what you need to do. So at the end of the day, it's, it's about that. I think that everybody should live an awesome life, should live an exciting life, should live a fun life. They shouldn't feel that weight of the world when they're going around uh, day to day and that they should be able to, you know, pursue their dreams. Everybody has many passions and things that they're good at, but are taught that there's really only one that you should go after. I know I'm good at a lot of stuff. I'm great at a lot of stuff. So I try a lot of stuff, period. There it is, man. Uh, one thing I want everybody to know is that that energy that you just got the last 40 or so minutes, that isn't the only thing that this dude brings to the table with the 13th floor and with Fledgeology, man. He is literally the jack of all trades. I mean, he's on the editing for us. He's on the artwork. He's coming up with creative ways for everything to get done. So just on behalf of Fledgeology and the 13th floor, man, I really appreciate the work that you do. Um, I know it's definitely got to be hard sometimes because you are the guy that gets most of like, hey, Ian, can you do this? Hey, I was thinking about this. Can you create that? This, that, and third. And, you know, he does it as long as you get it to him the right way. He does it. No complaining, hey, no qualms. I tell you, as a, as a, you, it's been a long time that I put in the, um, you know, I had to do entrepreneurial tasks. And so the sense of working with a, a large group of people who, you know, we, we have one goal that needs to get done, but there are so many different pieces and things going on that I've taken the time to understand and learn. You know what, if you start to, um, it's all about process. 
once you create and set a process for what you want to accomplish and, and, and stick to it, you can actually get things done. Where a lot of people fail is by doing the, hey, you know what, I, we're doing this and you know what, I'm gonna shoot you a text of what I need done or I'm gonna I'm go ahead and shoot you this random email where we have, you know, a CRM system set up to, you know, help us be progressive and, and to, to help us understand what we're going to do, have everything lined up. So being able to be the voice that stands up when any other way of something happening, no, I can't accept if it comes over here. If it doesn't come in the right way, then it's going to leave. As soon as that crack happens, it's like a crack in a dike. You know, it's going to it's going to create a crumble that was going to destroy your whole uh, your whole dike. You don't want that hole. You can't. You have to make sure you stay the course. Exactly. So, man, yeah, definitely, we appreciate everything you bring to the table, man. Um, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. That is dope. Be it fresh, DJ Barry. Yeah. Fresh. DJ Kane gave us a whole lot, man. Um, next up, I ain't gonna say who's next up. We just gonna leave it to the no, next show, man. Uh, you know one more yeah it's just no it's gonna be somebody else who's awesome they ain't gonna be as fresh as me but they still an awesome person <laughs> you know so y'all could believe that other than that be take us out of this joint there it is so i appreciate everybody listening to us here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best but the views are amazing yes sir oh. now is your time to flex. flex.